0: Guys, we're in close company, okay? You know this. I'm in your earbud, you know, sometimes twice a week for a while. You can admit it to me. I, I, I'll admit it to you, okay? I've done this before. I've <laughs> procrastinated. Sometimes my middle name. Granted, not as much this year. Blake is the king of procrastination. So if you yourself have procrastinated on your holiday shopping, dinner fast, sass knock. It's Okay. Because we wanted to let you know that Caswell Massey has totally got you covered. Better yet, if you make a purchase right now, they are happy to give you 30% off and free shipping off any order or product by using the coupon code OUTLANDERCAST at checkout. Plus, we even have a 40% off coupon code that we're going to tell you about at the break. So go to caswellmassey.com and use that coupon code. You won't regret it.
1: We had a plan. We were supposed to go to Harvard together, Daddy. I'm studying history. We were going to share your office. I know,
2: I know. And a thousand years ago, your mother and I had a plan as well. But, you know, sometimes life takes unexpected turns. And when it does, do you know what we do? We
0: soldier on. How... (sighs) I can't. I I have to go. Can we speak later? Bree. I love you. Hello, everyone, and welcome all the way from Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to Outlander Cast, it's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Mary Larson and I'm not crying, you're crying.
2: We're all <laughs> crying,
0: right? Who else cried? I know Blake cried.
1: Oh, I, I I freaking sobbed. Oh my god, the amount of tears that were coming out of my eyes. It, it was, it me up was with embarrassing. My intro,
0: hearing that. We soldier on. I'm like a mess. I, I can't even say the clip. The the intro that I've said a million times now, all the way from Providence, Rhode Island. I can't even do that.
1: You want to know I also had tears of joy. You want to know why? Tell me. Because I can officially declare this the first Horse of Outlander season four. The first horse. Wow. I am so excited. I am so excited. And I think you all know why. Do do I even have to say it? Do I even have to say it?
0: I mean, probably for people who don't know you and your obsession. Just say it. Frank.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love myself some Frank.
0: Yes, as do many people. There are Frank haters out there and there are Frank lovers. And this episode gave so much more Frank insight than I even imagined possible. Right. Right. You know what's really funny is um for those of you who have not yet been to the Outlander Cast blog, you just go to Outlandercast.com, click on blog. I'm telling you guys, midweek this week, you're gonna wanna be there because Andre Poppleton, she Oh my God took she she and uh, her photographer friend, Gary Dempster, they got some amazing behind-the-scenes photos of when Tobias Menzies was on set. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you a little secret something. When they le- sent these photos to, to myself and our editors... um. None of this had come out with other people's cameras. Nobody else was coming out saying, Frank's on set, Tobias is on set. There were other things. There was pictures of Brie in older clothing. So, you know, people were like, ooh, Brie goes back in time yes yes welcome welcome to the books of outlander this is what they do but the fact that frank was being filmed here in this season that was special and new and we had to keep these pictures and this knowledge so incredibly secret so i cannot wait to see andre's post this week about the behind Mm -hmm. the scenes um and i just kept whispering to blake (laughs) i said honey when you because we had to be careful with blake with with certain things and i said you know this is this is gonna be fun to now see Andre's behind the scenes because um, uh, she's probably like hiding behind some tree. In in all these scenes, you know, that that he was in. Nonetheless, go, make sure you go check out Outlandercast.com this week and read the blog. But yes, Frank is back. I'm sorry, who? Frank.
1: <laughs> oh yes. That's right.
0: So let's just let's just um tell you a little something before we dive into this this episode and for those of you who are like "Ew, i hate frank frank stinks i'm just warning you you might not enjoy this episode i'm just <laughs> warning you if you're like eh, i could be so-so with frank enjoy you know come on the water's fine you're, you're okay here those of you who love frank come on in the water's fine but um before we get into it, we of course we just want to make sure that you know that you can follow us and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all the places. Just search Outlander Cast. Plus, we would love for you to become an official member of the Outlander Cast Clan at OutlandercastClan.com. There you get amazing benefits. You're gonna get extras, you're gonna get after doc podcast episodes, and access to special Outlander Cast giveaways, which you're gonna hear about a little later. Free swag, all these goodies. But for now, let's get into the show. Let's do it. Tell me some of the episode details,
1: darling. This was entitled Down the Rabbit Hole, and it reminded me actually quite a bit of, um, well, obviously Alice in Wonderland. I mean, that's what it's really named after. But it reminded me of The Matrix as well, because there was such great imagery here for this episode and you remember in the matrix morpheus is talking to neo and he said you can take the red pill and go back to your everyday life or you can take the blue pill and go down the rabbit hole with alice and never see things the same way ever again and that is exactly what is happening with brie and roger they've begun this journey they've taken the blue pill they've gone into the matrix and i i i just i i loved this episode title this is one of those ones that yes. was just it, it, it was just very creative and it, it gave you a total sense of the kind of theme work and action that's about to happen in the episode. I loved this title. And it was written by Shannon Goss, who is one of the new writers that was brought in in season three. She has written The Doldrums, which was not one of my favorite episodes. And she also wrote uncharted mm-hmm. which also featured a uh, uh, uh a randall woman <laughs> walking uh alone through uh through a set um probably much to the dismay of many a people um but uh she wrote uncharted she actually has another episode uh that she's writing this season as well uh called well i'm i'm, I'm not gonna say the name because i don't want to i don't want to say anything but the director and i absolutely fracking love this director. Jennifer Getzinger. Yep. I... Oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. I love Jennifer Getzinger. She is amazing. She uh, She's actually a New England girl from Connecticut. Hey! Uh, she directed Surrenda and First Wife, mm-hmm. which are all, both uh, very good episodes of Outlander. And she's also directed some of my favorite television episodes of uh, uh, or television shows of 2018 so far, uh, including Man in the High Castle in season three, uh, which was incredible. For season three, uh, she also directed uh, season three of Daredevil and uh, season one and two of Counterpart okay. as well All on right. Stars. So this woman, she actually made her bones on Mad Men. Uh, she directed a bunch of a bunch of Mad Men episodes. She is quickly becoming one of my favorite directors uh, up there with, like, Michelle McLaren and all those girls. Unbelievable. She's really good. Mm-hmm. And the DP was Stane Van Der Wieken, uh, one of the, 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 the other uh, directors of photography for season four. So... My darling, what do yes. you got for your kilt? Oh,
0: rating? a big old five. A big old five, which is so odd because there was no hanky-panky, no rumpy-pumpy in mm-hmm. this episode,
1: but there was so much more to it. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. How about you? I'm giving this one. I know you're all going to think I, I'm giving it a five. I'm not. I'm giving it a 4.95. Which means five. Okay. Uh, it's essentially a five. <laughs> yes. Uh, this was uh, a f- This was easily the best episode of season four so far and it's in your opinion uh well that's that's my opinion that's what we're talking about No, i'm just saying uh this is easily in my opinion the best episode of season four so far and it's not even close uh and it's not because frank's in it i you know I, i know i joke and i play whitney and you know it's fine but it's more because of the things that you learn about the other characters how the other characters are informed Uh, Throughout this episode. And I I think we'll we'll get into why and who and everything. But uh, this episode was just great. What do you got for your GBG?
0: Okay, my good. You can't get the crazy out. Okay, the crazy is always going to be there. You know? You know how you had that friend or someone who were like, Well, oh, that was she was crazy and then years go by and you're like, Maybe she's calmed down. Nope. 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 <laughs> Leg hair, Leary, still got the crazy in her. Oh the crazy. Okay, and I kinda love that. I kind of love that. Because mm-hmm. I was like, Wow, she's really, really being very kind. Nope. My bad. <laughs> Is the title card? To which you might be like, why? Making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Such a cute little thing. It was actually also mentioned for Claire that she made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. How sweet. My bad is because, are you freaking serious? Is that how you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Has Sophie Skelton never in her adult life had to make peanut butter and jelly? Who slabs peanut butter, then slabs jelly, and then picks them both up and smushes them together vertically? Okay. (laughs) What is going on? And then who doesn't wipe off the jelly before you cut? Now you have a messy sandwich. It's all
1: bloody with jelly and everything. It's such a
0: gross cut. And I'm sorry, but if you are doing this for traveling purposes, you should be putting peanut butter on both sides of the bread and putting the jelly in the middle or else it's going to make your bread super soggy for the journey.
1: Totally agree. And the other thing too, I noticed is that the bread had this massive hole in it you did You notice that too. It had that a happens. massive hole. I know, but like, bread. I know, but I'm just saying, it had You're a massive saying. hole, and it was just like a lot of all the jelly was coming was just, out. Yeah,
0: it was just so distracting. The the cutting with the <laughs> dirty knife. Like, who doesn't wipe off their knife? It really took me out of the element. It's like, what are we doing? Am I great? Is Frank? Frank? Oh, Frank? Oh, Frank? Okay, Blake. How about you? G B D. Good, love, bad, great. I love me some Frank. I know you do.
1: All right. The good was uh, just like you, Mary. I loved that Leary had this really cool dichotomy about her. Mm-hmm. That she's just triggered by Jamie. Like there's people are triggered by a whole ton of different things. You know, they're whether it's politics or if it's sports or if it's religion. They just get triggered by something. And like Leary's trigger is Jamie. No matter what happens, no matter what she's doing, she hears that name. She like it, it's like she's she's ravenous, like not ravenous, but she has like rabies, you know, like mm-hmm. she's that's frothing at the mouth, and it's it's hard to blame her a little because Jamie did her dirty a little bit here. Leary's
0: had a rough life. Yes, let's be honest. If you put yourself in Leary's shoes, which none of us want to be, because she's crazy, okay. But if you put yourself in her shoes, if you were being kissed. And really felt loved by a man. And then all of a sudden, some old hussy who's already married comes on in. (laughs) Who's like, sure, I can make a love potion. And then suddenly Jamie marries her. What in the world? Then you get married twice. You're widowed twice. Okay? Then Jamie comes back. He's an amazing father figure for your daughters. Mm -hmm. You know, things are going good. And then the witch comes back. (laughs) Are you flipping kidding me? And Jamie goes, to America and mm-hmm. doesn't even give you money right now you're stuck
1: money and that he promised
0: and your daughter's married to a frog <laughs> what <laughs> I'd be a little miffed I'm not gonna lie I mean I would know I was you would be triggered up. too yeah
1: you would be triggered
0: Oh, and that little story that she told Bree—like, oh, I've heard stories about oh, him. Oh, I know. How he didn't want his baby—that's why he sent her away. Oh. oh, she got nasty.
1: So what I'm what I'm getting at is, I love the fact that she's triggered by Jamie, but aside from that, I, she's like a perfectly normal, yeah, mom. Yes, and like loves her kids. Kind, it,
0: makes a it, dang kind, good pigeon. Right?
1: Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want the pigeon? Right? Hey, it's the best pigeon that Bree's ever tasted, and she's out there just taking care of this girl bringing this random girl yes. into her house caring when for her she doesn't even
0: have a lot of money and here she is feeding her and clothing her right
1: and uh, so what i'm what i'm getting at is like i just love that dichotomy for yes. larry like it's it's great to see leg hair like be freaking bat crazy but also be normal and it's Jamie is, is the one that sets her off. I yes. like that. Uh, the bad for me it's is- It's Claire that sets her off, technically. Well, Claire, well, Claire and Jamie, What's too. What's
0: your mother's name? Maybe I know her. <laughs> Claire?
1: Um, the, dun, dun, dun. There's a bad, there's a tie for me here. For your bad? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it. It's going to be kind of like Silicon Valley when they were like, you know, uh, it's like, okay, everything is great, but, you know- um, Everything in this episode was great, but, and I have to say this, the coincidences are just driving me crazy. And I know I said I've accepted it. I know I said I've moved on. I've, I've just I've been okay with the fact that it's part of the Outlander universe. Yes, and I'm, I am okay with it. But Except you
0: have to keep bringing it up. Like you're not okay with it. But <laughs> it's
1: just something I have to say. I just I have to get it out there. Okay. I gotta get the, I gotta get the poison it, out. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of coincidences, and uh, that you know those being. Uh, you know, Roger running into Stephen Bonnet out of nowhere, uh, you, you know, uh, Brianna running into uh, leg hair out of nowhere, uh, just coincidences. But yes. I've accepted, I've moved on, got the poison out. The The actual bad for me is kind of, it's Lizzie and her dad, at the okay. end of the episode, it's just like kind of tacked on, and I feel like they just tacked it on for the sake of tacking it on. Uh, and... It's this weird parallel that I think that they tried to work in between Lizzie and her dad and Brianna and Frank.
0: I love that you're saying that this was your bad because this is when you cried the most.
1: No, oh no. Well, <laughs> yes, that's this is getting to my great. Okay. Which eventually, I just didn't like that parallel. I felt like it was just tacked on because you don't, Lizzie doesn't even say anything. She's just like, hi, mistress. And that was it. Um. You know, it's, it's okay. So it's you're a,
0: just finding the Lizzie storyline to be kind of pointless it's like, in this okay, episode. It's yeah, like, what are we doing with this? Okay.
1: And I know it's probably, you probably have to do it, but there was just so much involved here. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yes. You However,
0: know what, you know, her being able to say goodbye to her dad and everything, that is what drops. Right, yeah, yes. and,
1: and her dad, you know, wanting all that was right for her, which leads me to my great Frank at the end when he's at the dock and he gives. Brianna a look of approval and Bri is just looking at him and you know Tobias Menzies it's it's the, the real reason why I love Frank so much is because of Tobias Menzies the, the guy is just incredible and I feel like Outlander misses that kind of presence it misses that kind of actor um, he does this thing where he like does a you know like this really deep yes. breath as yes. he's watching Brianna go and and he's just sitting there so still among all the craziness of the dog, people walking by and coming in and out, and dogs and, 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 and buckets and, and barrels. And, and then there's just Frank, mm-hmm. um, you know, so dressed in the 60s garb. And Brianna's looking at him. And I. Oh. Oh. I sobbed. I sobbed. I know you did. I sobbed because it was it was just it was it was great to close that loop, you know, for us the viewers, but but really for Brianna, mm-hmm. it was it was like oh my, it was a perfect freaking end. It,
0: it was beautiful. It was perfect. Yes.
1: Oh my god, it was just perfect. And it, last episode, I said, well, you know what? No, no, no. Let's just get into it. Okay. Let's get into the rest, and 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 then we'll 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 dive into it
0: okay. more. So Leary. Yes. We delved into. We can kind of understand, but then she went a little too crazy. A little too crazy. Trying to lock her in? Trying to lock her in, saying, you're a witch too. Okay, she went too crazy. (laughs) I actually was ready for Leary to come on in. And rip the clothes off of Brianna's That's body, what I thought was gonna like happen Cinderella. too. Cinderella. Oh, like yeah. when Cinderella's there and, and her stepsisters are like, That's my ribbon. Those are my beads. Blah 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 <laughs> And they like tear and Cinderella just touches her hair and is like, Oh my goodness, oh my I was ready for Leary to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you don't wear these clothes. But she still was able to wear them, which was really cool. And um,
1: yeah, what worked? What really worked for me about this, and yeah, it, it was great to see, you know, Leary kind of kind of bug out, and uh, that moment when, <laughs> when she when Brianna says, "Oh, well," she says, "Who's your mother?" and Bree says, "Oh, Claire Fraser." Oh my God, that you could just see it in Nell Hudson's eyes, where it was like. Uh, uh, you know that just, was amazing. It was it was great. I would, I remember watching it with you, and it, when when Bree said it, like I, I, I kind of like stuck my hands up in there. It was like you know, like when you see a bug, yep. you're just like, oh my god, you, you just move your hands and be like, <laughs> yes. oh, 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 oh. shivers up your spine. Yep, I, that was great. But the reason why that moment was earned, in my opinion, is because the whole episode, you knew it was coming. Yeah, you you knew. That Brie was not going to escape that house without some mention of Claire or Jamie, and one and that was the that was the the dramatic irony of it all. The uh, you know, Leary taking care of this girl who is the product of the love that she absolutely hates. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dramatic irony of it was fantastic, and the tension that was created because of it was through the roof. And you would just. It, it like we've talked about before on our this is us two podcast for uh for this is us we've talked about having that moment of like two guys sitting at a table and seeing a bomb underneath the table that they don't know about and the timer clicking down with each second as they talk it may be boring when you're if it, it, it's just normal conversation but if you see that bomb you, know th- you just it's know coming. it's coming man and that was freaking Awesome.
0: Oh, it truly, truly was. And I don't know about you, but I got all sorts of nervous when Brie was locked in that room. I was like, Find the window, climb your way out, burn the room. I don't know. What would you do? What would you do if you were Brie? Locked in, being told, I'm going to tell everybody you're a witch and get you burned.
1: Yeah. Although there was this, there was a set gaffe. Uh, I know we've been talking about these a little bit lately, Yeah, but there was a moment when Brie touches her hand against one of the windows Okay, and you can see the window bend like plastic. Oh, okay. And I was like, Ooh, that, mm, I can't unsee that now. You know what I mean? Yes. But, uh, yeah. What would you do? Right.
0: There were a couple of things that bothered me at the house. For example, she and Leary made the bed and then Brie climbed into it. Who makes their bed? And immediately climbs in.
1: <laughs> well, no, I don't think they. She made no, because didn't she have like the the pot oh, that was they heating making, the like, bed? Clean
0: bedding. Were they making the bed for the first time? I thought it was like.
1: Well, no, they they made the bed, but they put the pot underneath. Oh, okay. Or she had underneath, it. and then they and then they put the blanket, the, back, the over. blanket back over. <laughs>
0: okay. Because I'm like, what are you guys doing? Bree's going to bed. Right. And I also need to say I want to braid Joan's hair.
1: Oh, who wouldn't? You see all that hair? Oh my God. I'm hoping that our little lass has that kind Ser- of hair.
0: I was like, can I, can I take a turn putting flowers in your hair, too? Because that <laughs> is braid-worthy hair right there. How cool, though, was it when Leary you know, put Brianna in the outfit and said, you know, you're the same size as Marcelie. I hope that she's doing okay. And yet there was a reference um, a while back when Claire and Jamie were talking about how Marcelie is. Brianna's age, you know, and how they're very close in age, and you know, Mar- Brianna could be, you know, pregnant by this age, right. like how all of these different things, and how um, these two women who, you know, it, it's like Leary was helping tend to Jamie and Claire's daughter, and now Jamie and Claire are tending to Leary's daughter. It's it's just been really really neat. So I liked how Leary was able to remind us that Brianna and Marcella are. Close to the same age, close to the same size, and that they're being cared for by. And they're different all connected. Yes. You know, they're all
1: connected, even though their parents are, are at, shall we say, loggerheads. <laughs> um, they're 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 all connected, and it's a beautiful moment when you realize that, you know, even though Jamie has kind of done Leary a little dirty. Um, that Brianna, even though Leary is even saying all these things about her mother and and her father and being like, I don't Jesus. think
0: he did her dirty. He legally was still married to Claire, yeah. and he wasn't in love with Leary. They weren't even living together. Uh, I think yeah. I feel bad for Leary. I feel I, bad. I do for feel her, bad for her, but I'm not. I don't think Jamie did her dirty.
1: You don't think so? I mean, no. you can't. You can't even say a little bit. She's no. She's crazy. She, she is crazy. I know people are listening to this going, Blake, shut the hell up. <laughs> that girl deserves it. And, you know, I, I think, you know, from what I've seen, a lot of people didn't like the fact that they spent so much time with Leary that they didn't spend more time at Lallybrock. I mean, what's your opinion about that, my darling? Do, do you think that Bree should have spent more time at Lallybrock?
0: Well, in the book, she does. And she hangs out with Jenny a lot. And the actress that portrays Jenny was unable to be around for scheduling. Right. So, um, in addition to that, I think that it was a really neat way to add dimension not only to Frank's storyline, but to also Bree's storyline. I mean, Bree is now hanging out with someone and gets to hear the pain of what it's like to be married in a loveless marriage. Right. And it's not just from her dad's perspective because she was so mad at her mom. Brie was so mad at Claire for so long. And now she's able to hear things from a different perspective. Um, And yet she has her mom's back when Leary's like, your mom was a witch. She stole him. And, you know, for for Brie to say, like, Jamie never loved you. That
1: that was a dig back. Yeah. That was a good dig back.
0: But. To know that she's able to say that when she was raised by Frank and to know everything that Frank and Claire went through, I think it was a really interesting way to add this depth to Brie. Um, it also is going to add a lot more to how she handles things with Jamie. I mean, even when she was, you know, leaving the letter for Roger, she said, my mom and Jamie. She didn't say my mom and my father. You know, there's still this huge barrier between she and Jamie. Sure. And I I liked this, this episode, was able to establish even even more of how tight frank and brie were
1: well i want to i want to dig into this and i want to dig into it really well because i think this is one of the reasons why this episode was so great but before we do that i just want to thank our sponsor real quick
0: so caswell massey is of course one of the first american purveyors of fragrance dating all the way back To 1752 And they specialize In 16 unique Thoughtful and unique Fragrances One of those fragrances We love Is called Newport And named of course After Newport, Rhode Island Where they were founded It's a cologne From a century ago And was created For the sailing elite Of Newport And was therefore Packaged in a beautiful bottle Blue as the sea So today Castle Massey Is just as thoughtful With their packaging Aiming to bring The best products in packaging meant to showcase Each product's individuality And because of that Castle Massey's fragrances are truly an amazing gift, especially as a last-minute gift idea. And this week only, as a Merry Christmas to the Outlander cast fans, you can gift any of the Castle Massey full-size fragrance that includes their heritage, centuries, living florals, and their niche lines. Yes, even the amazing number six. Here At, comes the <laughs> <Washington>. <laughs> At 40% off, when you visit CastleMassey.com, use the code OC. X M A S, like Outlander Cast Christmas. I'm going to say it again O C Xmas. O C Xmas. Now through this Saturday. Don't want a fragrance? Well, you can still use the code Outlander Cast at checkout for 30% off your entire order. Again, that code is OCXMAS for 40% off any full-size fragrance or the code OUTLANDERCAST for 30% off your entire order.
1: Go ahead. Go get yourself a number six.
0: Oh, my God. Here comes the
1: Washington. And one other thing I do want to say, this company, Castle Massey, was founded in Rhode Island. And this podcast comes from Rhode Island. If you love this podcast... You're going to love Caswell Massey. Help really. support a good Rhode Island business. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> a good Rhode Island
0: founded business. A good
1: Rhodey founded business. I really appreciate that. Okay, so one of the things that I really loved about this episode and I think that sets it apart from the last episode because I feel like they're kind of they're like cousins. They're this episode and last episode, they're 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 distant cousins if you know what I mean. Um, you know, obviously last episode was was really handled and by Jamie and Claire. It was it was about them and it was trying to inform us about them and their relationships with this with the people that they were involved with in that episode. Lord John, Willie, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This episode is kind of um, led. Well, actually, not kind of. It is actually absolutely led. By Brianna and Roger. And I loved this episode way more than last, because even though last episode we got a great amount of time spent with those characters and it was, you know, it was character relationship driven, as was this episode, I actually feel like in this one we learned a lot more about our characters than we did in the previous episode. Do you know what I mean? Elaborate, Jelly Bean. Um, the last episode, like when when it comes to these these kinds, these very dialogue driven character relationships, you know, y- you're spending a lot of time sitting and talking and and figuring things out, motivations and and what makes a person tick and the the idea behind it is that these kinds of episodes, you find something out about those characters that you didn't necessarily know. Or this one's for you, Angela Hickey. It recontextualizes that character, right? So even though you may have known the information, it now presents it in a totally different way, and it gives you something that you didn't even anticipate. Right?
0: Like that Brie got to wear her mom's coat,
1: or that, or that <laughs> Bree saw her. I know. Day. Yeah. I
0: know. You're getting deep, and I'm just geeking. <laughs>
1: no, no. But I'm, what I'm saying is, in the last episode for for uh, the previous you know, blood of my blood, we didn't really learn anything new about Claire or Lord John or Jamie. I mean, Claire is the same person that she was at the, at the beginning of the episode that she was at the end. She is someone who has a begrudging relationship with Lord John. She is going to, she, she didn't change in any specific way. She still helped somebody get better that she didn't necessarily want to. Uh, The same thing with Lord John, He's there because he loves Jamie and he's always loved Jamie and we didn't learn anything new. I mean, Claire may have learned something new, but we as an audience didn't. And the same thing goes with Jamie. I think we kind of learned that he was it, that it's a sad state for him to be in, like where he doesn't get a chance to raise his kids at all. Mm-hmm. But I think we already knew that as an audience. And maybe you learned stuff about Willie, but you didn't really know him at all anyway. And how much of a connection to Willie do you really have? But this episode, this episode enlightens our characters in so many different ways, whether it is Brie wearing her mother's coat, right? Like, like the, the poetry that that is Brie walking out of Lallybrock wearing that fur, that, that furry white riding coat. Oh my God. Like what a beautiful moment, right? Um, but more importantly like yes I love Frank but it's not the Frank part that I love it's I love that Frank informs Brianna. We learn that Brianna has this um, a like huge undeniable guilt about her dad mm-hmm. that she didn't say I love you to him. That she didn't she she held back on her mother's relationship because she just was a like we knew that she was a daddy's girl but we didn't know that she was going to go to harvard because he was going to be a professor that they were they were going to share an office you know all of the frank stuff is there for a purpose it's Mm -hmm. it's there and it informs why brianna goes to scotland life takes these crazy turns and when that happens what we do is soldier on we do what we have to do. So we have this beautiful, amazing opening shot of Brianna in the the skyscape, the mountainscape just of just makes Scotland. you
0: all want to say, "Can if you guys are going to be changing things from the books, can they just move to Scotland? I know. Can they just <laughs> all just pick up that little ridge?
1: All the Scotland porn. Th- there was so much Scotland porn, it makes you remember... How much you love Scotland!
0: I never forgot.
1: You know, um, and, and and again, like like last episode, this episode is uh, is a bit of a throwback. A little bit here, uh, we're we're getting these people, we're getting to see people uh, interacted with Scottish things, and and I know there was a lot of people that really hated Brianna walking in the mountains. Really, I freaking loved it. It Me could, too. because it shows you just like. It was in uncharted and it's not i don't think a coincidence that Shannon goss wrote uncharted and then also wrote this episode i don't think it's a coincidence um just like th- the same thing with karen campbell how she wrote this episode before the this season the uh, uh uh the what was the bad episode this season oh uh do no harm she wrote that episode and she also wrote creme de menthe right it th- there's a reason i think there is a pattern here and I'm, it's not a
0: bad episode, it's just an episode we weren't very
1: fond of. Well, it, it was it's the least liked episode of the season. Is that fair to say? I think for most people I did
0: not enjoy that one out of all of these.
1: I you know, it just I mean, in general. I'm just saying I think the general consensus was that it was the least liked episode Correct. of the season. Okay, great. What I'm getting at is this I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Shannon Goss wrote both of these episodes that we're talking about. Uh, you know, Uncharted and now this one, and having our characters do kind of the same thing. And like in Uncharted, Brianna in now in um down the rabbit hole, it shows weight to her decision. Mm-hmm. Like she really like there's determination.
0: I would have loved to have a little voiceover, maybe in the DVD extras, of of Brianna just going, Oh my god.
1: What was I doing?
0: (laughs) I just traveled through time. Because, like, nobody really seems to be that in awe of the magic of time travel. Everyone's just like, okay, here we go. Like, I want Roger on the flip side to be like, what <laughs> like i want him to express what i would express because Bree's just chilling she's just chilling and man i am shocked that she doesn't have a potty mouth when she hurts her ankle right i was ready for her to say you know a little something that claire would say i'll watch my language in case there's kiddos in your car but seriously i was ready for her to drop some serious bombs and none came out of her mouth it was just ouch ooh, ouch and i'm like no that's not what claire would say
1: right I told totally you learned said.
0: Frank's mouth.
1: <laughs> hey Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to eighty eight. Roads,
2: where we're going, we don't need roads.
1: That's what I kept thinking of each time, and I'm like, why isn't anybody like talking about this? That why there is there no roads? That there are no like, but no, but like going back in time, like that idea of, of Marty McFly being like, hey, we're, we have to, we need road to get to eighty eight, and. And Doc saying we don't need roads, right? Mm-hmm. It's just as amazing going back in time. I feel like that is something that you would you would bug out about. And I know we talked about it before, and you just said, I want Roger to freak to freak the F out. I wanted oh, to see seriously. it. Seriously. I was a little disappointed that we didn't see I
0: it. I want him to look like he just came through a port key and is like, oh my God. Oh my God. What
1: was the Am I okay? Yeah. It- <laughs> Why is my why are my arms tingling like you know like something stupid like that? But I in, in even talking you about Roger, your Harry
0: Potter sound effect.
1: Oh, I oh, crap. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> so hold on, do it again. You're a wizard, Harry. There we all know go.
0: Blake. All of us Potterheads. We we got you. Um,
1: I would say that, and even though I loved Frank, like I said, it it informed it, it informed Bree, but you're all. I think you're probably thinking I'm going to say that informed Roger as well. I don't think that it did. You know who I think the character that was brought out most in that part of the story?
0: Who? Stephen Bonnet. Wait. Wait. What? They're Absolutely Stephen Bonnet. The, of the roads? You've no. lost me.
1: <laughs> you know, Brie had her own little arc. Journey. Had yes. her own little journey. And, and, and parallel to that, we had our own journey with Roger and his... A mini journey. A mini journey with Roger and what he was doing. Joking
0: about his facial hair yeah.
1: and then we joked about his short pants. Like he Roger. Looked, like, what are you doing? Did
0: they not have long pants at the theater store? <laughs> Buddy. Like, who told you? Because you know who doesn't wear those kind of pants? Mm-hmm. Jamie. Do I know who doesn't wear those kind of pants? Ian. I even oh. seen Murtaugh walk around in silly giant clown pants. That's what it looks like. Silly they giant. look like super wide. If you put clown shoes on Roger, I'd be like, yep, that's... It's a clown outfit, pant.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. Sorry, bonnet. No, it's okay. Yes,
0: bonnet was brilliant my, in this episode.
1: My love of Ed Spoliers is, is, is growing.
0: Especially now that we know how to say his name.
1: Uh, yeah, I know. Um, this is a presence, uh, this uh, villainous type mm-hmm. presence. I'm not going to say villain, but I will say antagonist. Okay. This villainous type presence. Is something that this show has dearly missed, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and someone with the talent of Tobias Menzies, like I've said, and I'm not saying it's equaled by Ed Spoliers, but it is close. Just we mentioned in the in the first episode of of uh, For America the Beautiful, his tics and the way that he moves mm-hmm. is very reminiscent of of Tobias Menzies, and in doing so blackjack randall right mm-hmm. there's this moment when roger is speaking with Stephen bonnet and they're down below the decks and he roger's been sneaking food to to morag mckenzie who i imagine is probably one of his relatives at some point um <clears throat> and roger probably knows that which is why he like helped her He's out like, i, I got you boo yeah um there's this moment when, when Ed Spilliers is like, you see, and he kind of like looks up and he just like scratches his neck. And like he just does this thing with his mouth. It's like I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. He's like, you know, it's just it's just not fair, is it like that? This girl has to be down here and everybody else is suffering up there. I it was just one of those. And he even did this thing, too, that he kind of did declare where he, he steps in to Roger real close, mm-hmm. and you think he's going to do something to him, but then he has that moment of smiling and being like, are you a betting man, Mackenzie? Like, it's just brilliant acting. I, and I never thought I would be saying this about Jimmy from Downton Abbey, but the guy is great.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and, and
1: it, I get the same feeling from him that I got from Tobias Menzies as Black Jack Randall, where I was like, I need to see more of this guy. Mm -hmm. I I have to. Oh, you will. Because when he is on screen, he is fracking electric. Uh, And because you don't know what's going to happen. He makes people reactive as opposed to proactive. And it makes the surrounding characters react to all of his actions. And that is when you know you have a good villain. When someone is like the embodiment of the opposite of what your antagonist is. Mm Mm-hmm. That person who makes your protagonist do crap that they would normally never do—that's a great villain. And I'm getting that from Stephen Bonnet. I'm digging it. I'm I, digging it. I'm absolutely. Uh, how getting many
0: that. of you like? I don't know if this felt this. You felt this way too, Blake? But like, literally, when Bonnet pushes the child out the window, oh, and then the mother jumps. Oh, like, what yeah. else is the mother supposed to do?
1: I know you, you. You have to go after her. Yes, and that's why I'm saying you you would think that this episode would inform Roger the way that it does Bree but i don't think that it does because we don't necessarily learn anything about Roger that we didn't already know he's a good guy he's just doing he's on his love quest mm-hmm. right and who's to say that Brianna even wants to be loved and quested after but i mean it shows you that the guy's determined he wants to be with Bree but we already knew that to begin with mm-hmm. what we didn't necessarily know is that is that Stephen Bonnet has this way about him. He, he didn't, you didn't know he had this narcissistic, like, you know, I stay out of things of, you know, the God's power, but on this ship, everything is in my power. Yes. You didn't necessarily know that he had this moment where he's like caring for a baby and putting alcohol on its gums to calm its teething. Mm-hmm. And he didn't necessarily know that he would take a kid and just push her out the back freaking window Bye. of a moving ship in the middle of the sea. Bye. You learn so much about this guy in a span of 10 minutes. The same thing that you'd happened in the first episode.
0: Yep.
1: Already he is a viable character. Yes. yes. Already he is someone that you can either hate yep. or love Ooh. to hate. Yep. Like I do. Yep. Like it's it's an amazing it's an amazing job of writing. Agreed. And that's why I feel like that character was explained and enlightened a lot more from this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's an absolute reason why we needed it. I agree. Because I got a feeling we're gonna be catching a lot more of Stephen Bonnet. It's gonna be a good night. Uh
0: so how did you feel about death uh the death notice that Frank finds? Oh. So I being the nerd that I am, made sure that I could find the screen grab of it, read the entire thing, and yep. sure enough, I mean the the letter that was written, there's you know talking about I'll, I'll just let you guys find it. It's it's easily available, but you can read the entire G- Well, letter Give me for the highlights. But the basically highlights. like I'm really sorry to s- send all this to you. I know that you've been searching a long time uh you know about some information about this person. So, you know, sorry, but this this obit is going to be bad news to you. Right. Basically saying, you know, you've been searching for Jamie Fraser. Bad news bears, dies in a fire. And of course, when you zoom in on the obituary, it says, you know, James Fraser and his mistress, Claire Fraser, die in this fire.
1: And and how that informs the decision that Frank makes right before he dies. To go
0: with Sandy Candy to back to England because he knows that it's some way, shape or form. Claire still goes back to Jamie.
1: Right. Like no matter what. And he
0: might think she might do it now. She might do it tomorrow. She might do it in a year. But no matter what, she still loves him so much that she is going to find her way back to him.
1: Yeah, at at some point. And this does not excuse Frank for bringing Sandy Candy around. I'm so
0: glad she wasn't in this episode.
1: I am glad, too. But it it gives you another context as to why he was like, I want a divorce. And... It's such a great moment to see that Frank didn't just get in the car mm-hmm. and willy-nilly and get thrown off the road and die.
0: Yes, he, yes. He
1: had purpose. He he purposely staked <sighs> out Brie to be like, let's go together.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm just picturing him sobbing, like holding it together in front of Brie. And she's like, but daddy, you love mama. And he's like, he like drives away crying. Oh, And then he dies. And then he dies. Oh my God. and there
1: was this there was this like this real fatherly moment when you know he he says you know this probably can't be a surprise to you but you know it is what it is Mm -hmm. and she says well you know what about me i don't have a say yeah you know and you're just gone all of a sudden um he says brie you're you're always going to be the center of our universe like we love you and he gives her this like smile like like this like i love you it's all going to be okay like don't oh. worry about it. And and the irony, too, of Brianna saying, so what, you're just going to be gone and I have no say in it? And all, and then the next moment, the guy's That's dead. That's what
0: happens. You know, yep.
1: you just, the kid doesn't have a say into it. And all of those things are all playing together. And then having it culminate, oh. like I talked last, yet, like yesterday, or la- sorry, last episode about moments of remark. Yes. Like moments where you're like, Holy smokes. That was incredible. And I said that last episode was lacking that moment where you were like, it blew your doors off. Mm-hmm. This episode.
0: This episode had a few.
1: and It, 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 it had
0: a few. Like each character, Brie, Frank, Roger, yeah. Leary, Bonnet, each of them had that moment right. that you are going to remember.
1: Yep. But but I would say the seminal moment is Claire's, I mean, sorry, is Frank standing on that dock. And For, wow yeah and 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 like even it's even like a slight callback a little bit to season 1 with Jamie and Claire as Jamie is looking at Claire unknowingly uh, like he's looking at her and he's like keeping watch over her and you know that's the way that it seems the ghost one the ghost okay and here we have a ghost of Frank looking at at Brianna who is wearing her mother's coat like there's uh, some stuff going on here. Uh, and it's it's a moment of like, wow. Like, uh, just remark. And it builds and it it just, it gives us everything that we have wanted. It's this whole po- portion of Brianna and Frank and everything. It's all culminated in this one moment. And uh, it, it, I, I couldn't help but lose it.
0: You know, Claire is one lucky lady. She had two fantastic men love her. Right. Love her fully. Like... Frank frickin' tried, man. Yeah, he really, really. Show tried. Frank, show Frank. Show Frank. I, I yes. don't know
1: about book. I, and well, I mean, I know about book, but the first book. But I, I don't care. Like all, show all the stuff. Frank
0: tried. It was so heartbroken.
1: All the stuff that happened within this episode, it makes sense for the story of the show. Correct. Right. Like I know you were telling me there were some major differences in Correct. the book. mm mm-hmm. Um. And, I, and I'm willing to accept that, and I, and I could see how some people that read the books that love the story and see it as that story were kind of probably a little disappointed in this episode. But I think just in terms of the show, it made complete sense. Um, we've been talking for a while now. Yes. So what do you say we go to the Outlander Cast staff thought of the yes, week? Yes, please. Well, all right. This uh, staff thought of the week comes to you from Lisa Cold Perkis, and I'm very happy to say... That she kills it in this thought of the week. Yay! So, Lisa, take it away.
2: Hi, everyone. This is Lisa Cole Perkis, one of the Clan Gathering's Facebook moderators, with the staff thought of the week. Book readers felt that they were going down the rabbit hole with Bree this week as this episode took some major departures from the novels and even gave some information that book readers have been asking about for over 25 years. What did Frank know? Well, according to the show universe, Frank knew quite a bit and that was the big wow moment this episode for me. Reading the obituary with Claire's name was the jumpstart to events that started with Frank asking for the divorce and ended with Claire going back in time to Jamie, getting the ball rolling on the fulfillment of the very obituary that Frank found. I have to wonder, would Frank have warned Claire eventually about the things he and the Reverend discovered if he had not gotten in that accident? Are there still secrets to be revealed as we head into future seasons? The show creators are so invested in Frank and Tobias, we may be getting more interesting tidbits and non-book rabbit trails. I know I may be in the minority, but I say bring it on. I love being surprised with the unexpected turns the show takes, and I'm always up for a Tobias Menzies cameo. The final scene with Frank standing among the villagers, giving his blessing with a nod and smile to Bree's journey, made me tear up. And if you have any heart at all, you got a tear as well. I hope we see you again, Frank. Richard Rankin was no slouch in this episode either. His scenes with Ed Spilliers were electric. The scene where Bonnet is explaining how his life was changed by the toss of a coin was chilling for the unemotional way it was delivered. And you could see everything going across Roger's face as he tries to decide, can I overpower him? Am I about to be killed? Where is the story going and do I get heads or tails? A few beats in the episode did feel false to me. I know that Laura Donnelly, who plays Jenny, was not available for filming this season, but Lallybrock was a cold and empty place without her. I know they did their best riding around her with the addition of the Leary storyline, but what I would have given to see Jenny lay eyes on Jamie's only daughter... Plus, it was hard to believe that Ian would have hurried Bree onto a ship like that. Jenny would have grabbed hold of his bollocks like she threatened to do with Jamie all those years ago. And the way Bree said a casual goodbye to Ian at the docks and just strolled into the inn by herself was a bit odd as well. The Ian I know would have seen her directly onto the ship and watched her sail away. But besides those small moments, I felt it was a riveting episode. Each hour this season has built into a mountain of anticipation for what's coming ahead. I hope the writers can deliver all they have promised. There is a lot of ground to cover. So let's get going, Outlander. And we'll see you on the Facebook page. Take care.
1: All right, Lisa. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you, Like I said, killed it. Nailed Killed it. it, nailed it, did everything right. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, guys. <laughs> well, uh, actually, do you have any final thoughts? Actually, do you have, do, yeah, do you have any final thoughts?
0: No. Just, no. I miss Scotland dearly after this episode. I do too. I'm really excited and how the season is going. I completely understand why Diana Gabaldon said that episode, these like middle episodes were her favorite.
1: Right, not gonna lie, it makes me a little nervous
0: about what happens next. Yeah, like what
1: happens at the end. <laughs>
0: but on the flip side, I've really enjoyed them.
1: This episode, for me, for my final thought, uh, it was it was tremendous, and it was that right episode that you need to get everything moving. Mm-hmm. And and not only did you get things moving, but you also serviced the characters, and you had a bit of sentimentalism along with those characters yep. that you've cashed in on. And it, that's what helps propel these people forward, and it informs them. It informed Bree, and it informed uh, Stephen Bonnet, which mm-hmm. is, I think, what you need, uh, which leads me to my outlandish thought Ooh, of the week. Bring are you, it on. Are you ready for this? Yeah! Okay, so I just talked about how the fact that it informed Bree and Stephen Bonnet, So I'm going to kind of do a take revision from my last outlandish theory of the week. Look, Bree has booked passage to America, which I imagine is probably Wilmington or of somewhere of the like. And I say that because that is where Roger is going to end up being. And that is going to be end up where Stephen Bonnet is going to end up being as well. And we know that Lord John is on his way to Virginia. So I imagine he'll probably make his way to Wilmington as well. My thought is that she, Brianna, is going to just miss Roger at Wilmington. Oh, that would be sad. going to just miss him. The, 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 The drama involved in that I think is something that Outlander can't help itself to do. And I don't think Outlander can help itself with more coincidental occurrences and more coincidental happenings. Which kind of informs this outlandish theory. My feeling is that she's going to run into Stephen Bonnet in Wilmington, and she's going to notice the ring that he is wearing on his pinky, which just happens to be Claire's ring from Jamie, the first one, obviously. And I think Bree's going to notice it, and she's probably going to say something, and she's going to run into Stephen Bonnet, and it's going to be bad news. Like I said last episode, But wouldn't you know who comes to her rescue? Who? Who's done it before with Claire herself? The poetry of Lord John saving Brianna Randall like he once tried to save Claire Fraser.
0: Okay, so you think think that Bree's going to get to the States before Roger does, even though Roger's on the same boat as Bonnet.
1: No, no, I no, I'm, think, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking that the, like they're both going to arrive around the same time. Okay, and like Roger's going to be on the dock, and he's going to be walking away, and Bree walks over to, and all of a sudden you see like Roger walking away, as Bree is walking onto the dock, do you know what I mean?
0: And then Lord John Grey, you think's going to be there? And I think be Lord like, John's going to be coming on a white horse,
1: and and something bad, something something very bad. Uh, and knowing Outlander, something very rapey,
0: and he's gonna oh gosh, Blake. Um,
1: but I'm just saying it just it is what it is. Um, but something very bad is gonna happen between Stephen Bonnet Ugh. and Bri- and Bree. And wouldn't you know? I think it's gonna be Lord John who comes to the rescue because somehow he finds out that this is Brianna Fraser or Brianna Randall, <laughs> and he rescues her and brings her home. Uh, that's just my opinion. And it leaves Roger off to do his own Roger things, while Brianna is finally, um, is finally like reunited with her family. Do you know what I mean?
0: You just like did way
1: too much. My brain is a little over overkill right now. <laughs> but, but I just like for, I like it because
0: you. let's do a nice big interesting for you.
1: I like it because Lord John once tried to save Claire, okay. and now he's in the position where he can finally try to save Claire's daughter without even like realizing it. Do you know what I mean? Jelly beans. So I think that's uh, I think that's really good. What do I get for that?
0: You get an interesting.
1: Mock me. Please hang up and try again. Charlie believes me. He always does. Oh, Ch- Charlie's got my back. Sure. What do you think, Chuck? Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about
0: this week's giveaways. All
1: right. So uh, at outlandercastclan.com, the first giveaway is the premium ROS shave gift set, which includes the... The EDT, to Eau de Toilette. Eau de Toilette, you, toilet, baby. Uh, shaving cream and uh, the little brush for yourself. Okay. And also a razor. Very nice. exciting. It has a suggested retail, retail price of $120. You can get this at OutlanderCastClan.com. Yeah, baby. Okay, that's the giveaway for that. And the cast dot com. The giveaway is the Maram and the Beatrix premium gift set. So the fragrances, the yeah. niche, the the uh, the niche fragrance set. Uh, you have two of them, the, and it is a ninety dollar value. Again, you can find this at Giveaway. boom baby dot com. My darling, are you ready to close this? That I am. This amazing episode of OutlanderCast. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Enough Whitney.
0: taking the time to listen to Outlander Cast and especially for those of you who are in the Outlander Cast Clan gathering or the Outlander Cast Clan book club. If you're not yet there, you can find us on all sorts of social media, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Just search Outlander Cast.
1: We wanted to remind you too that we are having our finale party. It is happening on January 27th. All the details are going to be announced very soon, but set that date aside because we are holding a party. And it's going to be a party unlike any other party you have been to. It's going to be amazing, and I'm so excited about it. So January 27th. Come watch the finale with us and check out the live podcast that we'll be doing right in front of you. Everything you've just listened to, we'll be doing in front of you live. In- so cool. Including all of our screw ups and, uh, and everything that all the, all the talk back Mary and I have and all of our little hand signals and everything we do, you get to see it all live and be with a bunch of Outlander nerds all together.
0: It's going to be amazing and we would love for you to be there. We're also super thankful because guess what? We asked and you delivered. We asked for more written reviews in iTunes or your podcast app of choice and so many of you'd have we wanted this week thank gloria costa who said i love getting another's point of view on each episode of outlander mary and blake have such a great chemistry and i love how they can always tie something in the episode to harry potter in pop culture we got you girl
1: you're a wizard. we got you (laughs) oh you know what i realized i didn't do what i didn't do this today
0: the entire episode got that yep frank got that Bonnet got that. Roger got that.
1: I'm giving out standings out like it's Oprah. You
0: know what I want? What's that? I want poor Fiona to be able to have a little something magical in her life. You know what she is? She's got a new house. She's the equivalent of a squib. (laughs) She's like, I know about all the magic. I can see all the magic. You're a wizard, Harry. I can't do it. (laughs) Squib. That's what she is. Okay, we want to thank... All of our patrons at OutlanderCastClan.com, especially Angie Leith, Carolyn. I just gave Angie her last name. Sorry, Angie. Angie Carolyn. <laughs> Selin. Selin. There you go, Selin. There High go. five to you. Cheryl, Diane, Heather, Jennifer, Lauren, Linda, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, Patricia, Summer, as well as our co-producers, Barbara, Carolyn, Christina, Dana, Dieta, Janet, Keelan, Kirsty, Lisa, Liz, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Rita, Sharon, Sue, Tara, Tina, and Tracy. And last but not least, our executive producers, Anne, Bobby, Jen, Martha, Peg, and Sarah. Thank you all so incredibly much. I think that's it.
1: Thank you guys. Until
0: next time, lads and lasses, my name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast.